Yes, we are. <laughs> yes, we are <laughs> back. The, you want to know why I want to start? We're back for episode yeah. seventy-five, baby. Yes, we. What does it always are. feel like we haven't recorded uh, in like a month and a half, but it's only been a week? Because that's how much. Like, dude, that's when your life is changing on your personal side, and you bring in all that clutter, and it, imagine just three of us going through something different throughout the week. It's gonna feel like a month. <laughs> I just feel like that's a. I like to call it COVID time. COVID time. Or is that just 2020 time? Well, the reason why I call it COVID time, and obviously we're living with COVID and stuff like that, but I just feel like throughout 2020 in particular, because we're still kind of, I mean, we're in February 2021, but we already experienced the full year, right? Mm -hmm. It felt like time slowed down. Like it felt like a week took a month. I think what it is, is that there are so many events happening in such a like short time frame that it feels like... It feels like time is lengthening. I agree. <laughs> Sorry, we were, we were just having a discussion before the podcast went live about, they're called um, plosives. Yeah. Is the technical plosives. term. And a plosive is like, is exactly that. Like when I go like into or, the mic. I think my mic replicates it better. It's that or uh, like those are technically plosives, right? Mm. But um, we have external plosives, which is like us adjusting our mics and stuff like that. We need to come back on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you were saying, Zade. Yeah, I feel like there are so many events happening within a short period of time that it almost lengthens. It feels like, I guess, time's not linear from that perspective. Well, I saw somebody, um, somebody online posted something the other day where it was like, I've already experienced um, six once-in-a-lifetime events in one year. Like, I think I'm good for a while. <laughs> yeah. Six once-in-a-lifetime, dude. Because if you think about it, like... I don't want to comprehend that. I mean, obviously, you say, like, once-in-a-lifetime, and, like, some things are going to be reoccurring, right? Like, mm -hmm. if you were born in 1918, you technically have experienced two major pandemics already, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... It, that means if you're still alive today, that is, right? If you're born in 1918. But that was spaced out by over 100 years, mm -hmm. right? Just within one year in 2020, COVID. We had Australia almost burnt completely. Uh, California was getting toasted. A lot of gnarly storms. A lot of people losing their lives to an illness. A lot of crazy stuff was happening. Yeah, and the, the in year. between all that, what was funny is that there was like um, false information. And at the same time, it was just old stuff being, like, revisited. Yeah. So it was saying, oh, Australia's on fire. Remember that second week we had South America's on fire? And it turns out the pictures were old as hell. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> There's a lot of, like, yeah. So like Yeah, that. it's kind of like, you know, when things are believable, people just insert the, the unbelievable shit, and then they make it believable because of the trendy crap. I do feel like a lot of it is social media. Because if if you think back to, like... You're in the 1930s. All you have is your little community and the, ev How, wait, the events that go around within your community. How can I think back to the 1930s if I was born in 94? Yeah, take, take us there for a moment. You don't have a take phone. A, think about this. Yeah, you I don't have a cell phone. Take us on a ride. I'm messing with you, you don't way, have, yeah. Of course. You don't have mainstream media. Mm -hmm. So the only thing that you have to tap into is your local community yeah. and the events that occur within it. You don't know what's happening in Australia or any other countries. The only thing you know is either from... The news, which you most likely get through a radio, or you go to the movies to go watch. Yeah. Or you read the newspaper. Yeah. My dad was telling me that um, 
like back when he lived in uh, Tennessee, somewhere in the like eighty seven. Dad lived like in Tennessee. Yeah, he did. Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird, Tennessee. but Tennessee. But um, <laughs> yeah, he was telling me that uh, something that was happening back then that was not cool was that people would like, for example, sometimes people wouldn't get their papers in the morning, so they'd go to their neighbors and steal it. And that was like the biggest letdown. That was like a hey, fuck your routine kind of shit, you know? It's just like, oh, no news for you today. And you feel like you're so lost. Like it's a weird thing. And I'm, I'm trying to picture it. You know? Dude, it's like the video I, I can sent just log you. In. Yeah. <laughs> I sent him a video where this, uh, this black dude gets out of a car. It's snowing. And it's, it's a house of another black dude. And he steals his package. You know, the, the thieves <laughs> oh, that I steal packages. Yes. I saw this video today. And yeah. this guy comes loaded with, what, was, what kind of gun it, it, was it? It was for sure an AR. Yeah. It, it was an fucking... AR of some kind, most yeah. likely a 15. He's like, put my motherfucking package back on my porch. Yeah, 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 he came did. out ready. Yeah, that he was... had the. He was definitely watching through the um the nest cam mm -hmm. just to see if somebody was gonna steal it. The funniest part was him scurrying out. Did it feel staged to you? No, because like I have to ask myself that a lot nowadays. Mm -hmm. Is this staged? Like for example, today I was on Instagram and a video came up of a guy who was getting arrested by a police officer, and he was already in handcuffs. Oh, that one. And the cops started choking on his gum. And so the uh, guy who was in handcuffs is like, hey, like, give me the key. Like, I'll I can give you the Heimlich, like, try to get it out, you know. So the cop puts the keys into like gets the handcuffs off of him. And then the guy starts to do the Heimlich mover maneuver on him. And then he coughs up the gum. The guy says, like, here, you can put the handcuffs back on now. And the cop was like, dude, you're good to go. You saved my life. Like, you're fine. Just get out of here, you know. And then what? you go into the comments yeah, they're all saying it's staged, and that's where the conversation happens, mm. right? You get in, you get an image, and then you have the public forum, and the majority of comments were like, "This shit is staged," and then you it have like a full be. breakdown of it. It's like that's not how you do the Heimlich maneuver. This doesn't follow <laughs> a lot of pr police procedures. Like it's like what like is that even a real badge that he's wearing, and all this other shit, right? They, yeah. they run through an entire list. And by the time you're at the bottom of it, you're like, yeah, yeah, maybe that shit probably was staged. And then there's a motherfucker with like the post screenshots of every frame with notes on the side. And I'm like, okay, dude, relax. The guy who has way too much time on his hands. <clears throat> that is a very interesting but why? position to be in, though. I mean, sure, the pos there's always a possibility it's staged, but why can't it be just a good, you know, a wholesome interaction between... Because, I'll tell you why. It's because we're in a battle for numbers and likes and how many views and... All that crap. So people are always trying to find the way to go viral with one thing. So they hit it from every avenue, from even a realistic point of view. And it's happened before, you know, these people have been caught. So hmm. it is kind of hard to tell. Well, we also live in an era where a lot of stuff is staged, like you said, mm -hmm. in order to like garner views. And I'm not saying this is the first time this ever happened, but like it's a pretty big example, right? Do you remember when the kid got swept up or got trapped inside of a big balloon and then got swept off of his property and this was in like 2007 yeah, ish yeah. right the kid got swept off of his property and the parents are freaking out because he's in this balloon and then the police find the balloon take it down and it turns out there's no kid in it mm. these parents just wanted a lot of attention and <laughs> yeah you know just to gain some eyes on the news or in public in the public light or whatever uh it just and makes so you look like an idiot we live in an era where now everything that we see online has to be viewed through a lens of skepticism. It mm -hmm. was back when the internet first came out too. 
you should never trust what you see online anyways is just a general rule of thumb yeah but like nowadays it's so commonplace mm -hmm. people either one forget that it's commonplace because they're so used to it and they absorb so much of it on a day-to-day -day basis they just assume everything's real or two it's the exact opposite problem <laughs> Everything conspiracy yeah. theorist problem. Consp that's how you get like QAnon and shit yeah. to start forming, right? Yeah, there's a pendulum to it. I think it was much, much easier actually to fake a video way back in the day when everything was 240p and 360p, because there are there are some people in the crowd that had access to software that we probably did, just didn't know about, like After Effects when it was first starting. Yeah, right. And people yeah. could fake stuff, and then when they render it out, what do you know? YouTube's gonna YouTube's maximum display was 360p, which was very heavily <laughs> pixelated. Yeah. So I think it was much easier to probably fake things that were poorly done or... Do you remember when they came out with 720 and that was like... Yeah, that was that like... That was oh revolutionary. That was just like, dude, the freshest videos, the crispiest videos you've ever seen were music videos. And that's when Vivo yeah. started like popping. You're right. I forgot about You remember Vivo. that? Oh yeah. my God. Vivo was huge and it was... um The thing that like catapulted them was... Mm -hmm. Was it Baby? By Justin Bieber? Uh, yes, mainly. And um, Nicki Minaj, actually. Starships? Starships and the one with uh, Justin Bieber. I forgot what it was called. I don't know. I, whatever. But yeah. Nobody cares I, for it that much. Yeah, nobody I really remember cares. when Nicki Minaj was like really on the come up. And this is so mm -hmm. random, but I remember two videos distinctly. It was uh, Bees in the Trap yeah. and Starships. Like those, were, <laughs> those songs were blasting everywhere yeah. for like a year and a half. Starships went on for like two to four years from what i remember at least at being on the radio yeah. but bees in the trap like it held on for a while it's a pretty cool little beat mm -hmm. gonna lie. for the time yeah like for what we were working with in terms of like hip-hop music back then it was it was, it was a solid beat <laughs> it was it was less hip more hop that's how i felt about hip-hop in that era i would agree more <laughs> more poppy just it was just simpler like yeah. if you look at um trap music or like uh, rap music that's produced today mm -hmm. in comparison to back then there was the few gems you mm -hmm. know like that had really solid beats like for example immortal technique had some good stuff and then there's obviously great beats like from the eight or from the uh 90s early 2000s like wu-tang mm -hmm. biggie tupac had insane beats right but then you come to today yeah and you take a listen and not only is the production value like a thousand percent better. so complex it sounds super crispy there's usually like very very trained musicians like there were back in the day but now they have access to so many more tools to create these sounds right yeah so it's like rap isn't even its own genre in my opinion anymore because there's so many subsections mm -hmm. of it just like there is with any genre yeah, dude there's now. bedroom rap now what is bedroom rap it's, it's just like very poppy uh butterflies in my stomach kind of rap Imagine, like the f imagine having, but you, you can probably explain me a, it better. A, a, to be honest. Imagine if Rex Orange County rapped, essentially, and oh, it yeah. wasn't like beach oriented. It was more of like a pop kind of thing. <laughs> that makes sense. That's an interesting combo. Yeah, like think of, like you said uh, last time, be, uh, baby no money, baby no money. Yeah, B B N O dollar sign. <laughs> yeah, BB. call me baby no money, bro. You think we're yeah. coming up with too many categories of stuff? Yeah, we are. And I'm not saying that's necessar necessarily a bad thing, but like for sports, you run into problems. Mm -hmm. Like apparently the UFC, it's like now there's or even boxing or really any contact sport that that's uh involves fighting. 
they all have too many weight classes is like an argument as to why it's starting to get boring. Like there's so many world champions now. <laughs> Cause like back in the day there was like, um, like back in uh, when Muhammad Ali was fighting and stuff like that, there were nowhere near as many weight classes as they are today. Yeah. You know, that's just, right. There's weight classes for, I think it was a, either five or 10 pound intervals now. Mm-hmm. Like it's so tight. But at those levels, doesn't it make a, a big difference? Yeah, it could. Like, it allows more people to enter the sport and then get into more fights, and it allows for more people to rise towards the top, I guess you could say. But back in the day, like, there might be a difference between a fighter of anywhere from, like, 15 to 20 pounds in some fights. And sometimes the little guys, like, they'd put on a show because they can move quicker, you know? It's like it comes down to a balance of, is this guy's power going to be able to match this guy's speed and cunning or vice versa Mm -hmm. or is this guy's attribute going to match this guy's attribute even though they are at different weight classes probably pretty different heights too it made for a really interesting comes down to skill leveling yeah that kind of stuff like um oh man i wish i could remember this guy's name he's this uh famous old boxer who just took on anybody and this guy was tiny (laughs) his his name was vladimir or something probably it's like four nine Four nine, taking on the world. Not even five foot, dude. (laughs) I'm trying to remember what this guy's name was, but he was um, he revolutionized the boxing game because he really had an emphasis on bobbing and weaving and head movement. Like for the majority of his fights, I think there'd be days where he would do like two to three fights at a time, just because he got hit so few, like so little. Yeah, essentially like um, like a Mayweather. Yeah, kind of like Mayweather, but like... So he's good at conserving energy and playing defense. Exactly. But at the same time, yo, I'm looking for that hit. Like, when you watch him, when you watch him fight, all he's doing is moving his head. Mm. Like, and the thing is, a lot of the guys he was going up against didn't have the skill to counteract that. Because fighting at that time was radically different, or at least boxing, was like a totally different sport in comparison to how it is today. Like, when they fought back then, they had way more rounds. And the reason why was because they weren't landing as many hits per round. You weren't getting fucked up nearly as bad in the first 12 rounds as you would in modern boxing, right? Like, our modern boxers go all out for those 12 rounds. They're as much as they can. But in those old days, sometimes they had boxing matches that went on for days. Days. Days, plural. Continuous or take a break? Uh, There might be some breaks here and there. I can Google that right now, but... Can you imagine a three-day boxing match? Straight up. But yeah, it was this, uh, just crazy fights. What I can't stand is cricket. Because apparently they have games that last for weeks. First of all, I don't understand the sport at all. Does it smell weird? Yeah, it it smells like an electrical fire. Right. Do we have drama going on in this too? Let me check. Or is it an incense? Check for us real quick and, uh, get back to us. We are back. We're back. Sorry, we're about not that, guys. on fire. Thank not God. on we, fire. We were a little concerned about the building here for a we second. We were just playing guess that smell. <laughs> yeah, the building. Yeah, luckily it wasn't in the stew, so thank God. Okay, cool. But boxing. Yes. So the longest fight in history. I was googling it while you were out. Lasted or it took place over the course of two days, mm-hmm. and it started at 9 p.m. and went on <laughs> early into the morning the next day. It lasted seven hours, 19 minutes, 
and the winner only got 2500 bucks. which actually, to be fair, back in the day... That's a lot of money back then. Yeah. It was in 1893. That is a solid amount of money. Yeah, it's like 250 grand today well, I can do Let's do a money converter. Uh, inflation. That, yes. Money inflation. Calculator. So... They can only go back to 1913, so we'll just do it from there. Okay. The value was 2500 bucks. That's around uh, $66,000 in today's money, which still for a boxer, that's depending for on where you're days, at. For two days, listen, good. that's, that's good. Depending okay. on where you're at, that's good. If you're Mayweather, that's garbage. But yeah. So this boxing match, it went for 110 days. Or sorry, 110 rounds. What the hell? 110 rounds. What's the max rounds today? Like eight? I think it's either 12 or 15. Okay. 110 rounds and you're walking with 60 grand. I don't know if that's worth it. So there's two boxers. Body's taking a beating. There's yeah. two boxers, and I'll, I'll only say their last names. It's Burke and Bowen. And Burke was the favorite going into the fight. Mm -hmm. He won the first 25 rounds of the fight, <laughs> right? Which is basically he won in today's terms. That's not even a quarter of the rounds. Yeah. That's, that's less than 25% of the total <laughs> rounds, and he won 25 of the first ones, right? Oh God. But yeah. the guy he was going up against, whose nickname is Iron Bowen, refused to be knocked out. So, Burke got knocked down in the 25th round, but the bell rang before he could get counted out, right? Mm -hmm. And when he was in the corner, his trainers noticed that both of Burke's, or sorry, both of Burke's hands were broken. <laughs> like, just annihilated, oh right? Because it's bare yeah. knuckle at, at that time. <gasps> yeah. And uh, the way this article puts it is so hilarious. And it said, a Burke's, both of Burke's hands were broken, and the two opponents grew so tired that their boxing talents made no difference. <laughs> Most of the crowd left by midnight, and uh, the people that didn't leave mostly fell asleep in their chairs. Oh my god, dude! Is there? I'm amazed they Please stayed someone three hours. This. Someone documenting the crowd just sleeping. By the hundred and eighth round, no punches were thrown. The men just circled each other over and over. By the hundred and tenth round, the referee John Duffy called the match a draw and suggested that the two men split the purse. <laughs> oh, <laughs> only at the hundred. Are you kidding me? You couldn't have done that at like the 50th round? Bro, they circled each other for two rounds. <laughs> Towards my the end, he's like, yeah, I think this is good. My God, dude. So how long did it last, actually? Seven hours. Seven hours and 19 minutes. Yeah, I would just... Uh, no. That's, no, that I'm not doing it. that. That doing ain't that it. Dude, what glory is worth it? At that point, I don't know, dude. Both of your hands are annihilated. You're in the 1890s. The early 1890s, mm. so medical tech isn't going to be that good. You're most likely never going to fight as well as you did ever again. You're probably going to be effed up for the rest of your life from one thing or another. For just and, and the thing is, it's for 60 grand. In today's money. Today's money, yeah. And, oh, but... Still a lot of money, bro. I mean... But each of them only got, like, 33. Because they had to split them. But you got to think about it, dude. Like, if you're going to be doing doctor visits, blah, 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 blah. It's just going to... It's not worth the 60K. Hell no. Yeah, but Not keep in me. mind, this is probably their livelihoods. And yeah. back yeah. then, that's a different story. But it's like, hey, do you want to fight again? Or like You could live pretty damn well, I would imagine, off of 1250 bucks for, or back in 1893. I imagine you could do fairly well for quite a while off of that much money. Mm. Hey, as long as you upper just don't blow it immediately. Yeah. Probably mm -hmm. upper middle class, right? Uh, probably like middle class. Okay. If you want to be smart, you'd say like middle class. Mm-hmm. Just buy like a, just buy like a uh, small house, 
live it out. They should have invested into crypto, man. They're <laughs> <laughs> getting into Bitcoin, 1893. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like, if this was a movie, I would totally go see it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like 45 minutes of both of their backstories, like where they're coming from, how they're training. And then 30 minutes of it is just going through that seven hour fight. Yeah. Right? And you're like 30 minutes for one boxing match is going to sound like a lot. But imagine the drama that you could build up. You're going from round one to 110. You know how many psychological breaks and shit are going to happen in that oh, yeah. period? How many times do you think these guys probably quit? And then their trainers are like, don't like just be a man, like get back yeah. in there, win this fight. Like how many times do you think that had to happen? A lot. A lot. Dude's in the corner, probably with like broken, his Burke at least has broken probably a lot of stuff. I imagine Iron Bowen did too. Both of your hands are broken. The main tools you use in boxing, yeah. aside from your head, really, like. Get back leg. in there, Buster. Yeah, just <laughs> get back in there. It's I can't do good. it, Captain. I can't do it. <laughs> but it's like, it's just, I would totally go watch that. And um, also, Bare Knuckles is pretty dope. Do you know about um it's an, the original boxing match? Another thing that should definitely be turned into a movie is called um or it's a uh, based around a car actually. More around the person that owns the car, but the car's kind of like the ticket item, I guess you could say. So, there's this guy, right? His last name is uh or his name's wait, Godfrey Qualls if I'm reading that correctly. <laughs> okay. He grew up in Nashville and then moved um Moved to Detroit when his family sought out to be in the automotive industry. Uh -huh. And um, as he got older, he needed to get a job. So he became a police officer. And um, he became, he was like well known throughout Detroit or at least in that area that he was policing as like one of the best police officers. Mm -hmm. Shining, shining example, right? Throughout his, um, I think it was like a 25 plus year career, only raised his gun once. Impressive. Wow. He never felt that guns were going to solve the problem. He always managed to talk it out. And I don't think he ever actually fired it on duty. Nice. So, good cop, right? Mm -hmm. Now, being the best or being known as the best cop in a city obviously comes with some perks, right? Mm -hmm. Can it maybe get a key? Maybe get some good little incentives here and there. Maybe get some means or access to opportunities that can get you a little bit of money. Or maybe get a whip. Mm -hmm. And Godfrey Qualls got a little bit of money, right? In fact, he got such... A good amount of money off of whatever it was that generated it that he bought the most badass car in Detroit. Which was a Mustang? It's a Challenger. Mm -hmm. Ooh. RT. Ooh. Nineteen seventies. Wait, badass. wait, did they have any other um like levels? Or was it just was it Oh just yeah, they the had RT they, back then? They had a lot of tiers back in the day. Like I know I know when we think of like the auto industry today and how like we can just spec it out, like if, especially for somebody like Ford mm -hmm. or um, not necessarily Volkswagen, who wouldn't be another good example of that? A any other American automotive company, really? Like we have a lot of options when we yeah. can buy cars, right? Like different engine options. Like for example, I was looking at an F 150 today online just out yeah. of curiosity. And um, I think there was like six or seven different types of engines. You get they a still, lot of them. They had yeah. that philosophy back in the day, too, in the 70s, 60s. You yeah. Know? Once the V8 really came into focus, like at least in the American automotive industry, where there was a whole bunch of engines that you could order, like V6, uh, maybe like an inline four or something like that. V8 is obviously the ticket. Yeah. And in some cases, you could get a V10. 
depends mm. on what car you're trying to buy. But this guy, he got the Challenger. And was the Challenger by GM at the time? The by, Challenger was by Dodge, by Dodge, which I believe was, was owned by GM. Yes. Okay. And it was like one of their, uh, I don't think it was their shining example of GM. Like, I don't think that was their mm. best of the best, but it was like one of their best of the best at the yeah. time. And this thing, it came in. It was all blacked out. Dude, this Ooh. thing is a Here, I'll, Actually, let me drag it onto the big screen for you. This thing is a whip. Inside, I'll send you a link oh to it. Oh, my God. This car. Say no more, I, dude. I don't even like Mopar. And for those who don't know what Mopar is, that's... Um, it's an auto part company? No, Mopar is essentially kind of just like a, a term that's used for uh, like Dodge, Chrysler, GM cars, right? Oh, okay. So it's their particular... Like they utilize... Auto body... It's, it's just kind of like... Brand? Um, well, it's like parts can be Mopar, and then also it's just like that. Those cars, like they're classified as Mopar vehicles. Okay. Gotcha. And I'm not a Mopar guy, so I'm not like a huge Dodge Chrysler dude. Mm. But this, this is special. Yeah, it really is. Because he has some of the highest, or it is the highest trim level option, and with some really exclusive extras. Like for example, this top right here. Mm. It's um. It's not a convertible, so it's just like a standard. What is that hard made top. out of? It's made out of alligator leather. Ooh, weather treated on the outside. Flex, it's, it's young man. So sick. And that, and he also this thing right Stop here. It. He got a custom decal on the bottom of it, yeah. underneath the RT like <clears throat> symbol that they put on the side of the car, and it's um it says Africa, and it's got black or sorry red, black, and green stripes. Ooh. It's just such. It's one of those little touches. You know, it's like a black unity. Uh, symbol. It's just so cool. Yeah. You know, and the rims are just this car is dialed. Right. And it would haul ass for the day. It was Damn. one of the coolest cars on the block. Right. Yeah. So Godfrey. Godfrey. This is why I love this guy. He is the most respected or one of, if not the most respected police officer in all of Detroit, has an unbelievable track record has one of the coolest cars of any and this by the way i'm pretty sure he used this as his patrol car wow that's gangster shit yeah right so he now has like one of the coolest cars most reputable police officers has one of the best um reports or just uh histories of any police officer what do you think he does with this what do you think he does with all of all that this amalgamation of different things i don't does he continue just, to do like does, higher level police work with it, or does he race? He's a street. Oh, no he's way. a street racer. Not just like, not just a low level street. He is known through the streets. God, and was dude, that illegal back back in the day? Oh yeah, yeah for heavily sure. illegal, dude. Yeah, it was not like they did not like it. But here's the thing: this car, because it was so fast, beat everybody right at the time. Nobody could catch this guy, and when he was done, he would just pull off, disappear into the night. You know. Its nickname, or rather, it was dubbed the mm. Black Ghost. Ooh, that would be a great movie. I don't know why somebody somebody hasn't made that. Right? <laughs> That'd be a great movie. And damn, then, I can already picture every aspect of it. the freaking the 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 stylistic decisions, dude. Everything. Like, like think dude. about um Ford versus Ferrari, but made for that. Yeah, just imagine that type of imagery. Imagine stuff. if David Fincher took like this full script of this movie and just made it him himself that'd be, that'd be like such a dark movie but such a great storyline to follow i don't want it to be dark though is the thing i, I don't think it needs to be dark not Elem dark in elements a sense. of dark i'm talking about elements of darkness within um the visual 
aspect. Like, I think they're, oh well, yeah, I could it's see It's called that. the Black Ghost. Honestly, like, I would just take James Mangold as the guy who directed Ford B. Ferrari. I would just put him exactly yeah, on this. Yeah, Because he already, he worked in Detroit, or at least I don't think he was in Detroit. Like, he probably CGI'd mm -hmm. some of it. He understands like, the whole... Yeah, he understands the environment already. He was already tied in a lot with the history. He know he knows Ford a lot of he Ferrari. knows how to make like a biographical movie. Like Dude, a, everything yeah. in Ford v Ferrari was, was perfect. I Not know, a bad shot, hundred percent. And that's why I would love to keep that for Ford v Ferrari and have someone else take a shot at it, another car movie. My only complaint, but and then it's, it's so subtle, is that the GT40 had a little bit too much, a um, little bit too much of the supercharger noise. In comparison to what it sounds like in real life, all right, mm. we're just nitpicking. Well, it's so we're nitpicking. just nitpicking. Yeah, yeah, but that's and it's just... like only in like two or three scenes that yeah. last like two seconds. Well, it's a it's so it's nitpicking. a signature sound, so they kind of just wanted to make it. And the apparent. only reason I even bring it up is because I genuinely think it's the best sounding car, like or sorry, the best sounding V8. Period. It it's delicious to me, right? But I feel like if you put James Mangold on the Black Ghost to tell this story. Have him up and coming cop, starting fresh, or like maybe um you start with his family struggles and then like they move into Detroit mm -hmm. and then you cut to him going into the police academy or just like graduating from it, right? And then he goes out into the city, new cop, fresh on the scene, nobody knows him. Detroit's fairly rough, right? Mm -hmm. And he goes around and he just starts doing his police stuff, proving how he's a good uh, example for the citizens. How he uh, does good things, you know, stops crime, beloved by the city. And then it's like, sneaks out at night. He's like, oh, babe, I'm like, don't worry about me. I'm going to go do some, like, I got to go into the office. Takes the charger out. Mm -mm. Hits the streets. The challenger. Lines up at the light. And this is his first race, right? Looks over at the guy. Guy revs his engine. Godfrey sees that he revs his engine. Gives him a little nod. She looks forward. <laughs> turns, on, turns on his police lights. <laughs> foot on the clutch. Foot on the clutch. Rev the gas to an appropriate point. He's got, I forget, I think it was called the pistol grip shifter, right? Mm -hmm. It's lit. I'm sorry, this is so, like, it's a grotesque way to imagine. It's literally just a dick you're grabbing onto and freaking <laughs> yeah. shoving it into each yeah. gear. Like, but just holding on to that shit, ready to go, right? And then the light turns green. Drops the clutch. Wheel spin for a little bit, right, from both cars. Mm -hmm. They get up and running. Godfrey hits second gear, pulls. Interstellar he's mode. Gone. He's gone, right? <laughs> and then the dude in the other car is like, what is happening right now, right? Mm -hmm. So imagine if you took the stunt choreographer, or better yet, the, um, the DP who worked for um, Baby Driver, mm -hmm. and then James Mangold, the guy who directed Ford v. Ferrari. So like having those like cinematic perfectly yeah. precise yeah choreographed shots, shots of cars yeah. mixed in with the like historical accuracy and storytelling mm -hmm. that james could bring to the table could Dude, win an emmy we have it okay here's the other thing though african-american police officer so we captured the attention of the nation as a whole mm -hmm. right just from that get point yeah from that standpoint of right? course you already know we what a, time and place we have a black protagonist mm -hmm. which is cool who's a police officer which is controversial, right? Or at least in this day and age, it's, mm -hmm. it appears to be controversial, mm -hmm. right? And he's a shining example of how police should operate, right? I feel like that's just one of the but best... But he also has a dark side, he's got quote a, unquote dark side, to where he's willing to do illegal things. He's got a dark side that, in my opinion, really isn't that dangerous if you 
know what you're doing, mm -hmm. right? And the majority of these people, like if you were a street racer back in the day, like, and you were just starting out, you're going to mess up a lot. But this guy, he didn't really play around with like newbies. He only messed around with guys that were like in the scene, right? And what proves that is um, many years down the line, his son hired this guy to restore the car. It took almost nothing to get it up and running again. And it was sitting on blocks for like 20 years, right? With the same oil, the same um, gasoline in it. Mm -hmm. So they had to take the tank out or scrub it down or whatever. They had to replace a few lines that uh, moved fuel through the system. And I think they just changed the oil out and the spark plugs and it fired right up. Like it was brand <laughs> new. Well, damn. Perfect. Right. And then he uh, fixed it up or as much as he could. He didn't touch any of the bodywork or anything and then took it to a car show in Detroit. Yeah. He had people coming up to him left and right like he wouldn't believe. He walked away to like go to the bathroom. His wife called him and said, you need to get over here now. Like there's people talking to me. Let's say they know dad, which is the guy who owned the car, wow. uh, Godfrey. They're like, they got crazy stories. You need to hear this. People are coming up to him like, man, like Godfrey, he used to run us up and down the street. Like, and just like that dude would pull off. and did, like, <laughs> He's just the man is the black ghost. Like yeah. so many stories that were shared. Like it'd just be the coolest narrative. Like why is nobody picking this up right now? Yeah. Or at least it's not being drafted. Like mm -hmm. that'd be the coolest movie. I'd love to watch it. Well, that would be sick. Like, do you guys know of any other stories that would be like a really cool? I saw one that failed and it freaking sucked, but it was Dora the Explorer movie. <laughs> they made it a Hollywood feature film for no reason. Disgusting. Yeah. It's... But any other movie? Hollywood. Let, me, let me try to get creative here. Um... I feel like Hollywood has more misses than hits nowadays. Oh, yeah. That's why I think 2019 had some of the best movies, dude. It's been a while since they released anything good since Dark Knight. And that was like... Phew. What? You think no good movies were released from the Dark Knight until 2019? Well, look. <clears throat> because phenomenal is a strong word, right? Good is just average. So there's plenty of good movies. But do you want phenomenal movies? Those don't exist anymore, almost. Yeah, they do. Sometimes. Like Ford v. Ferrari was a phenomenal movie. Mm -hmm. I thought... Along with The Gentleman. Along with, you know? Well, what about like... Um, that whole year had just really good movies. They, they that, did, that yeah. Lineup. But, I mean, there was other movies that came out. When did The Dark Knight come out? Dude, we were stuck on like Fast 4, 3, and 5, and 7. Oh, by the way, they're making Remember how one. cinema was for They're a making while? a ninth, by the way. Yeah, that, which is disgusting. Dude. So you're telling me from 2008 until 2019, there were no good or no phenomenal movies that no, came out? Of course, out? No, there there's were. probably one or two, but I'm saying... No, no, like, I think there was but a lot. With, given a one-year timeline... A lot of good movies came out in that year. Oh, there were definitely a lot more than one or two. <laughs> I don't think so, dude. Well, actually, the thing is, there I'll are so many back. fucking movies. Here's, here's to the pick thing. From. Here's the thing. What we used to see being advertised was always a shit movie. If you wanted a good movie within those years, you had to venture out on your own. Like the only way I found out about Nocturnal Animals was literally because I was googling Tom Ford glasses. All right. Yeah. And then when I looked up Tom Ford on Google, I saw that he was a director and he had four movies. And I was like, what the hell? And I saw Nocturnal Animals. It had one of my favorite actors, Jake Gyllenhaal. And I was great. like, oh, like, what the hell? Whoa. Where did this come from? Three years ago. What? <laughs> there you go. And that's how I found out about a phenomenal movie. <laughs> Dude, I just looked up uh, best movies of 2009 and 2010. Just to like name a few from 2009, at least mm -hmm. some of the more critically acclaimed. It was like Enter the Void, Inglorious Bastards, um, Interstellar, 
Interstellar didn't come out in 2009. One of my favorite movies, Mr. Nobody, which not a lot of people like, came out. Uh, 2010, there was 127 Hours, Shutter Island. Shutter Island was good. I liked 127 Hours. 27 Hours was good. But my point is, there's there's a lot of good movies coming out. And between 2000, or I guess Phenomenal, like Grey came out in 2011. If you're a Contagion fan, that came out in 2011. I don't know, but that's just my opinion. Is it not? Yeah, it is, but I I would like to politely disagree. No, because you're thinking of this in a span of 2009 till now. I'm saying, give a timeline of one year, how many good movies came out? Oh, not even one year. Well, that's That's what I'm saying. That's a different argument. Yeah. No, that was my argument. No, your initial argument was was, trying to explain it better. Ever since um, there wasn't a phenomenal movie that came out after The Dark Knight, which came out in 2008. So what you just told me was for eleven years. There yeah. Were no so phenomenal the the movies. year that Dark Knight came out, that entire year, that was probably the only good movie in my opinion. I don't know. The next year after that, because like, I remember it used to it's be a, a regular to go year by year. Yeah, I know, but, but I'm, I'm just, curious. It's more like movies got worse. We were stuck in an era where it was just literally entertainment. That's all it was. It was literally Hobbs mm-hmm. and Shaw doing dumbass shit from Fast Two to fucking Fast Twenty, you know. It's like the, the, the movie. Like that was that was it, and then The Rock had his Shining, for like four years. It's like Hollywood took on a template of like, yeah, let's mix in some violence, some yeah. action. We'll remake some movies comedy. here and there. Here's The Jungle Book. Here's mm-hmm. uh, Jumanji. Dude, two thousand. <laughs> I'm sorry, two thousand and eight is a freaking dynamite year for movies. It was. Like, they had um, the Boy in the Striped Pajamas. Mm-hmm. Um, Bronson came out. Synecdoche, New York. Mm-hmm. Bronson. Oh. I mean, there's some other ones that are noticeable or notable, but I don't think they're like phenomenal movies. Yeah, mm. you know, like another one that came out recently. Dude, another are you one. are you kidding me, bro? Slumdog Millionaire came out in 2019. No way, Just think about it. 2019 for a second, okay? The Lighthouse, Parasite. Yeah, they were good movies. I yeah, agree. In, in one span of a year, that's what I'm saying. That it was overwhelming of a year for me. Like, I, I will like, also say there is a push for outside movies to come in, like outside of our country, mm-hmm. to be into the Oscars. And like, that's what I want. I want more of that because yeah. I want to see more creativity. Because like, I don't want to see The Rock starring in this new freaking <laughs> uh, board like, game inspired movie. Yeah, okay, it's I like, will agree with you on that. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Like, dude, if I want entertainment, I'll just go on fucking Netflix. You know? Yeah. You know, I'll record an episode here and there. Like, <laughs> drink my bone broth. But it's entertainment, you know? Like with anything else, movie follows I'm gonna a... sit there and watch Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> movie follows a Pareto distribution. So most of the, most movies are going to be either shit to good. Bruh. But there are, there are only a handful. Like I got to tell that you something good. really, really funny. Mm-hmm. I, is, I better laugh. Okay, you're yeah, going to laugh. I better laugh, too. Okay. So, quick question. Have both of you seen Hobbs and Shaw at all, or did you not bother like I did? I think I have. I, I didn't see it. it I think I have, Jason but it's, it's very forgettable, okay. so. Let's hope you forgot it. Um, <laughs> that's how shitty it was. But anyway, I kind of just saw, I didn't want to watch it. I saw the intro and I completely turned it off after three minutes. Like, I was like, done, you know? This is the stupidest movie I've ever seen in my life. But then, one of my friends was like, hey man, have you seen the, have you seen Hobbs and Shaw? And I was like, no, I have not. I don't want to. I will never watch it. And he was like, okay, I agree with you, but I actually saw it. And here's how it went. He's like, the ending made no sense whatsoever. He said that they were stuck in a jungle 
Okay. And then okay. Jason Statham comes out of his like fucking stealth mode car, <laughs> jumps out like eight feet, lands, gets up, and they start fighting him and The Rock. Okay. So him and The Rock are fighting. And at, it was a nighttime scene. Okay. Mm-hmm. Pitch dark. All you can see is like artificial lighting, obviously, because it's a yeah. movie. And they start fighting. And as they're fighting and tumbling and beating the shit out of each other, okay, suddenly it just turns into daylight. Suddenly. All right. And then there's warplanes shooting at them and they're fighting fist fights, <laughs> dude. <laughs> okay. And while, it, like, imagine just it's uh, this frame right here and it's fully sunny. And then the frame right before it was pitch, pitch black. Okay. Just and makes then no as, sense. as he swings his other arm, it cuts the camera. It goes to camera B. And all of a sudden it's raining. <laughs> and like nature is like fucking having diarrhea right now. The continuity. You know? What? Continuity error. And it was just so, like, I was like, I, I can't believe this. And he was like, play the ending. And I did. And I wish I never saw it. That was the biggest failure in movie history. You can't even get the weather right. Listen, I I admire The Rock as a character, as a person. Mm -hmm. But when he takes on these movie roles, I mean, I get it. Money, notoriety, you get more fame and stuff. Money's nice. It just brings my my opinion down on him just just a tad bit. I feel you, you know. Well, um, I'm sorry. Dating back to the 2008 thing. You do you remember what happened in 2008? Crash. It was a recession, dude. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably why mo- movies weren't that good for a long time. Would be my guess, right? Possibly, yeah. Because I, at least to the market, I mean, like they're not a, as big yeah. of an incentive to go in. Yeah. For the film mm-hmm. houses and stuff like yeah, that. You, need, you do need money. And speaking of business, there's what something I did want to bring up. What is it? Business? <sighs> no. Bus- well, it is. Bring it, business relates, about business? it relates to business. Okay. Not 2 a.m. business, though. Ooh. So there was this kid on Instagram. And I'm not going to name his name because I, one, don't remember, and two, feel like it's not incredibly important to the story. If you feel like it is, let us know, and I'll, we'll talk about it on the next podcast. But <laughs> No, we won't. <laughs> but okay. this kid went on uh, Instagram, and he's like TikTok famous, right? Mm-hmm. Or uh, semi-TikTok? I don't even know, right? Because yeah. that's not my... Or wants to go viral on TikTok. Specifically. Yeah, well, he has gone viral. Like, he's gotten, I think, millions of views and stuff like that on TikTok, right? But yeah. Isn't TikTok weird? Like, I know, I know people who joined in like within the first day, they got like seventy five thousand watches mm-hmm. on their TikTok. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, my point is, this kid's on TikTok. He made a song. It got really popular, and um, that's really great. He got hit up by all these record labels asking about um, details, like taking interest in him as an artist, and blah 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 blah, all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So, here's where it gets interesting. The kid. While he was talking to all these different um, producers, studios, record labels, stuff like that, the person that he was working on the track with sold the rights to the song from underneath him. Yikes. And here's where it gets interesting. The kid who made the video that I'm talking about claimed that they were already in talks for the rights of the music, right? And he said yeah. that it was his song, and all he did was write the lyrics for it. That's not your and song. I think, and I think sing on it would yeah. be my guess. Mm-hmm. I feel like that he's just overly emotional about it. 
I, think I get it's your words, but that's not the song. There's like a lot of different areas to tackle. Yeah. The last time I checked, in talks doesn't mean you signed a contract and it's finalized. Yeah. In talks means in review or whatever. Well, in talks can mean a lot of things, right? Mm -hmm. And this is just important for people to know, in my opinion, right? Like just, this is just good business. Yeah. Right. So in this instance of the kid with the music thing, maybe the song did belong to him. I don't know. One way he could have done that as um, when you upload it to a distributor, like which would be something like DistroKid is what mm -hmm. a lot of people use nowadays. And what DistroKid or distributors do is you pay them money. You can upload your track to their website. And what they do is they distribute the music to a whole bunch of different platforms like Spotify, SoundCloud, So like YouTube. what Libsyn does for us. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So instead of podcasts, it's just music. Yeah. If that kid, if he himself uploaded that to the distributor, and he didn't attach the other guy's name to it whatsoever. He owns the rights to that song. Mm -hmm. Because he paid for it to be distributed, which through DistroKid, if I remember correctly, they also license your music to you. So like they create official documents. So if um, some really big corporate company picks up the song and uses it in a commercial, you can sue them and have like... Yeah, so your you royalty, it's court. your royalty under your name. Yes. Basically. Okay. So that's one way he could own the song. I don't know if he did that or not, because maybe the producer did it. Mm -hmm. And maybe if he tagged the producer's name to it, that also causes a whole new set of problems, right? And complexities, but we won't get into that, right? Let's just jump back in to the producer. The producer sold the music from under him and they were in talks. Mm -hmm. Well, what does in talks mean, right? Many, a lot of many millions of things. Of things. You yes. can say or send a text or anything that can be... I guess, proven in court or whatever, that you were talking like, hey, I want the rights to this music. Cool. If you don't start negotiating for a price, there's nothing you can do. And I feel like a lot of people say in talks when they just like sent the message and nobody responded. Yeah, hey, yo, what's good? Yeah, hey, we're yo, in talks. Don't make a big deal thing. right now. Yeah. Exactly. You actually have to start the negotiation, which means you're exchanging something in return for good a good service or money yeah and usually right? things like this i mean it wouldn't hurt for it to be documented no it wouldn't at all You're if right. anything you should document everything especially if it's a, a, another party you know exactly but even even uh, if but, you are negotiating it does it still yeah. doesn't mean anything he there are people out there who are willing to you know it goes back to self-interest they're willing to do things for their own benefit at the expense yeah. of other people think of hedge funds yeah. Think of a, there, there are a lot of examples out there. Yeah, that's true. Um, but it makes me like wonder now, what if the producer is the one that is, has the rights to all this and then, not the lyric holder? Then he wins. <laughs> then he did nothing illegal. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying is that, you know, remember, this is going back to the beginning of this podcast where we were talking about, um, was it ownership? No, not ownership. Um, uh, the hell were we talking about earlier dude my brain i don't, just I don't, I don't know what no you're reason. trying to reference so that's okay i'm trying to reference the uh the part where we were talking about just go on with with your logic whatever anyway so like what if this was the fake like it's basically how we can't trust the internet yeah you know? yeah you know this this kid came on here and said hey i wrote the lyrics to the song about my dead friend blah 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 and now he's taking all the credit and I don't want, I don't even want money. I just want 
this song to be mine fairly because it's about my friend. Yeah. What if that story is fake? Could be. I don't know. I mean, maybe the song is about his dead friend. I've never heard the song myself, yeah. so I don't know. But here's here's what it comes down to, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's difficult to say, right? Because every every artist, when they put music out, they don't necessarily own it. It might be owned by the producer. It might be owned by the studio who made it. It's all, there's a whole bunch of intricacies that go along with that. And it's important to iron out those details before you even start making the track, mm-hmm. right? Like a good deal for them or a decent deal for the two, because, you know, they were unknown and they were just starting out, was to split at 50-50, you yeah. know? That's how it starts off like a natural mind when you're going into a project or collaboration or whatever. It always feels like it's 50-50. It's not 20 It's a collaboration, yeah. yeah. Now, from an artist integrity standpoint, it was a really dick. It was a big dick move. It was not yeah. in a good, not like good. Sorry, it was a, it was a dick move. You know, <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't cool. Small dick move. Because from yeah. what I understood from that story is that they're they're familiar with each other. They're not like you know they seemed friendly. Yeah, I, I friendly. wouldn't use friends, but at least they're acquaintances. Yeah, yeah. There's somewhat of a familiarity there. Yeah. Like they've kicked it once or twice. You know. And then the artist can always argue. I don't know how involved the kid is with the music, right? Mm-hmm. The guy who. Yeah, that's another he, thing. That's he, another. He key said he just thing. wrote the lyrics. Which, like, in terms of a song is only, like, what, realistically? 10 to 15%. Yeah, 10, 20, maybe 30%, depending on how you want to cut it, right? Like, for example, on a rap track for, um, like, Kendrick Lamar or something like that, you could argue that the beat's fairly repetitive, but what makes it feel different throughout the entirety of the track is what he's saying and how he's delivering the words. So Mm -hmm. that would mean that the rap has a lot more to do with the track. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But... In this instance, I don't know, I don't think the kid was doing any of the technical work. I don't think he was doing any of the uh, mixing and mastering. I don't know if he was doing any of the producing in terms of actually making the music. Yeah. Because that kid said he just wrote lyrics. Yeah. And if I'm going based off of that, I would say the producer did the majority of the work. And he does get the rights. Which you could argue... Has most of the rights. Well, not most of the rights. You could argue that it's more of his track than the kid's. Yeah. And then the kid can come back in court and say the track wouldn't have been as popular if it wasn't for my fan base. And then that guy could have said your track wouldn't have been as popular if it wasn't for me who made it. You know? Yeah. That's you know, true. I, it's going to be think... a lot of back and forth and it's still going to go back to the producer. So it's a dick move. But, but understandable. As of <laughs> right now, I technically, I, I don't think he technically did anything illegal. Yeah. Same. Because this kid's making it seem like he wants to sue this guy. And I'm like, I don't know if you yeah. have legal ground to do that. Yeah. Or like, like an emotional suing. Yeah, I think, <laughs> like, he, I think he's making a okay. strategic blunder because regardless, okay, the beat is very important, but he also provided the lyrics. Why may, why go through all the whole process of making this video about how you got fucked or whatever it is and continue to make music? You already have eyes on you as a person. You have eyes on your work. So why not collab with other so people? You, or better yet, just yeah. make another song. Yeah. Yeah, make another song about how this guy fucked you over. If your lyrics are good enough to be on a viral song they're good enough to be on other ones yeah. yeah or it could be that this kid is a fucking genius and he knows exactly what he's doing and he knows that he owns the rights to the song the other dude that. right that's also possible and he's like you know what this guy's actually really good at making music yeah. i want to take his career down might be a true which, if that's the case, that produce if that's what's happening which i kind of doubt but like if that's true that's a defamation suit waiting to happen mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, like, from an artist's integrity standpoint, he left the guy's name out of it. Yeah. Which, that might be for legal reasons. I don't <laughs> know. 
But the thing was, he did post a picture of his Instagram and showed the entire caption of it. Yeah. Which is really easy to find. Yeah, yeah, it's just a Google search away. Exactly. So he wasn't really trying to hide this guy. But he was just kind of like hinting at it. Yeah. Like, oh, I didn't publicly display it. I technically blurred it or whatever. But Now, what's even hmm. weirder is if the producer's in on it. Dude, what if this True whole thing is? chess master because moves. They, all they wanted to do is that both of them are actually splitting the rights and they have their agreements. But they're making possible. it seem like it's a like it's an issue that they're trying to dispute, and all they're doing is that they're get growing virality from both sides, so that this one track gets all the attention. Listen, more power to them if they're able to pull that off. I think that's what's happening. Do you guys want to put money on? No, just long story. <laughs> long story short, <laughs> if you're gonna go into business, make sure everything's or ironed out beforehand. Yeah. You read all the fine print. And if you can't read the fine print, hire somebody to do it for you. Exactly. Because nine times out of ten, the person you're hiring to do it for you knows way more about whatever's yeah. happening on that document on that document than you do. Mm. So just be careful. I think this kid, if anything's gonna happen, you should just take the L and make another song. Exactly. There's you can never run out of songs if yeah. anything. Don't work with that producer again. Just yeah. make something new, which will be even more viral as a result of this exactly. dropping. Because now all people are doing is anticipating yeah. for the next thing. Yeah. And mm -hmm. don't forget, fine print is all around us. You just gotta look for it. Fine and print is the most important. Exactly. Part. And I'll make it easy for you guys. The fine print here is that please go like and subscribe on YouTube. It's in the terms and agreement for it the 2 a.m. podcast. Unfortunately, what happens when you view the stew. If you're listening, you already signed on it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, do us a solid and go ahead and uh, like and subscribe. Turn on that notification bell because it helps us. And you don't ever want to miss out on great content. Amazing guys, content. Guys, 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 there's going to be a sick episode coming up that we are adding our little ingredients to still at the moment. But there's going to be a new location. It's going to be an outdoor one. Um, I'm going to leave the rest of the details out because I want it to be a surprise. But yeah, you heard us here. Check you us out. Go for it. At the 2AM podcast on social media platforms such as Spotify, Instagram, Anchor.fm, mm. CastBox, and many more of your favorite podcast listening locations. You can Spicy. also check us out on YouTube at officially 2 a.m. Mm -hmm. You know, like Said said, like, comment, subscribe, subscribe share the videos. Exactly. Leave and, a five-star uh, review on Apple Podcasts if you guys are Apple Podcast listeners. Please, we appreciate we it. We appreciate it. We love all of you. And until next time, guys, do you guys want to kick it off in a three, two, a, a one, one, two, three. Peace. Peace. Yeah. yeah. Everybody talking about